Welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. It's very easy for me right now in this atmosphere to start moving in word of knowledge and stuff like that, but I kind of am really pregnant with a a word and a message I feel right now that is uh, potent and pertinent for us as the body of Christ, in fact, for the church within the nations of the earth. Um, but this began in January this year, uh, two days, I think, after the new year, I was musing in the Word of God and asking the Lord for insight in relation to 2020. <clears throat> Little did we know what was going to eventuate. But whilst I was musing and wading through the Word of God, I was drawn to the text for uh, the message today in Isaiah 42, and verse number nine. And uh, I, I started to minister on this in Queensland in February, uh, you know, about a 15, 20 minute window in a marketplace uh, environment. And uh, uh, it, it unsettled a few things within the businesses that were represented there. But the fruit of that has been manifesting as a result. These guys started to feel the challenge of the Word and the Word came and started to create space for a whole new paradigm, a whole innovative way for their businesses. And uh, really it's what you do with the Word, it's how you respond to the Word because I'm not standing as a magician today uh, to pull a bunny out the hat and to you know bless you, but it's us as a people, as God's uh, people entering into the Word and allowing that Word to pierce us at the deepest level. And in verse number nine of Isaiah chapter 42, it says, See, and I pause there because it's deliberate that the language of God needs to be something that we grab hold of. And the prophet is declaring to a people, which we're going to see the historical context that he's speaking into, but he says, See, the opening word and the statement is, See. And more than ever, we need sight. We need to have a God kind of sight right now not only for our families, but for the nations of the earth, for the church, for whatever we're involved in. He said, the former things have taken place. In other words, the former things have come to an end in God's economy. And new things, I declare, before they spring into being, I'm going to declare them, I'm going to announce them to you. Let's frame the context and the history of that word that came to Israel. Israel are under captivity. Israel are oppressed by uh, the Assyrians and are in a place where they have lost everything. Their culture has been stripped from them. They're now submitted to a different style of governance, law, culture and decree. They cannot express themselves the way they wanted to as God's Hebrew children. They're in lockdown. They've lost their jobs, they've lost their land, they've lost their economy and they're in lockdown and they're oppressed as a people. But right in the midst of that, the prophetic voice begins to herald what God is saying. And I'll submit this thought to you that more than ever as God's prophetic New Testament people, there is word, there is sight, and there is revelation that is resting upon our hearts if we'll enter it. There is insight and foresight for us as a people right now. And the prophet begins to declare to them that the season that has governed you of your past form of things, he declares they have finished and I'm declaring new things for the way forward. Now God, I believe like 
in the days when this word was released, used the circumstances as a catalyst to announce a seasonal shift. And I believe more than ever right now that God wants to use what is happening in the earth globally right now as a catalyst to begin to declare and disclose to us what is in heaven's agenda, not only for the now, but to begin to head us in a trajectory that's gonna establish us in this season called the season of God. Let me submit this thought to you. In context to the Word being released to Israel, every time we as God's people receive a Word of promise that is accompanied by a new season. The Word and the season of God go together. And like Israel, like many of us, we are excited when the Word is released. We rejoice when the Word of the Lord comes, declaring new things, exciting things. But often and more than often, we resist the season of God. Because every word precedes the opening of a new season and that season requires change. That season requires that we adjust, that what once regulated us, what once governed our thinking can no longer carry us into that new season and it requires transformation. And I wanna submit this to you today that I believe that God in the midst of the unruly stuff that's happening in the earth right now sees it differently to a lot of us. And He's declaring, behold, former things have come to a conclusion. Here's the first adjustment. Discern what you need to let go of in this season. What is not valuable, what is not classified as a kingdom treasure that it will carry you through into the new season. So there's a letting go and there's a reaching forward and holding on to the new things that God is declaring today. You see, we've got to understand as I just begin to disclose some things regarding seasons, that the primary way that God operates in the earth is through seasons. It's how He does business. It's how He regulates His plans, His promises and His purposes. In fact, God does nothing apart from His seasons. Everything, every initiative that God has, every word that's released, every purpose and intention that He has in His heart is always wrapped up within a God season. And we are living in a time right now where we must understand that we need to be regulated by the seasons of God, not the current climate that is shouting at us through social media, through the news outlets, whatever means. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says to everything, there is a time and there is a season for every purpose. Purpose is married to a season of God. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that everything in its time will become mature or beautiful. In other words, you cannot mature and progress and develop and grow apart from the seasons of God, the times and seasons of God. And in fact, Daniel 7.25, Daniel began to prophesy and said that even the enemy seeks to change times and seasons. And I believe with all of my heart right now that the enemy is trying to insert himself to disrupt the church from seeing the actual season that we are in right now. People are caught up in conspiracies, caught up in media propagation, 
caught up in a whole bunch of stuff that God is not in. What separates the people of God from Genesis to Revelation is when we allow ourselves the privilege and the honour to grab hold of God's Word and allow that Word to bring us into a new season. That season will regulate and govern your business, your family, your life, because wrapped up in that season is the process of God that's gonna regulate your life and bring you into all that He has intended you to come into. In fact, Acts 3, 21 says, says that heaven is held back until the times, until the times of restoration of all things. I'll submit this thought to you that heaven is holding back certain things. It's waiting. God is waiting for us to embrace and enter into the God seasons that are upon us right now. You see, we celebrate the Word of the Lord, but often we resist the seasons of God because it requires adjustment. It requires change. And as we are positioned now as a people, we must respond in humility and say, God, I'm not just gonna say yes and amen on Sunday, but when Monday comes, I wanna say yes and I wanna submit my life to this journey. You see, today I wanna touch on this whole aspect of new or next, new or next. In verse nine, he says this, former things have come to pass and he didn't say next things, I declare. He said new things, I declare. There is a vast difference between new things and next things. And yet where are we positioned right now? We are positioned as a church between new things and next things. Right now, if you wanna know where we are, we're right now in the middle and we need to make the right decisions in this season towards new things and not just next things. You see, the buzzword has been marketed for, for years now around the whole concept, what's next? <laughs> what's the, the next iPhone, the next, the next conference, uh, you know, the next book, the next great prophet, the next great apostle, the next great church, the next great thing. And, and, and as, a, as mankind, we are kind of conditioned around the whole concept of next things. And we get stirred up and we get excited about the concept of embracing next things that I believe that it's cultured us to believe that we're actually in new things when we're not. We're actually walking in next things. You see, next, thing, next things can be defined as this, a continuation of the former done differently. A continuation of what was once carried across now, and it's just done differently. And I wanna say to you as a church, I believe that we have fallen trap to the next thing mentality, the next thing paradigm, that we are caught up and we're kind of excited about the next great preachers, the next great books, the next great revelation, that we're trapped in this cycle and cultured by next things when God's kingdom wants to culture us towards new things. And when we study the Word of God, we can see next and new demonstrated through different leaders. Isaac, the promise, the gift given by God, born into a time where Israel needed to see a manifestation of God's heart. Nations would come from Isaac. Nations would come from him. And yet when we study Genesis 26, we can see that this promised child, this, this one born from on high, a miracle child did nothing new in his generation. As you read Genesis 26, you can trace the, the patterns, 
and he lived inside of the patterns of his father. He walked in the steps of his father. He operated and related to mankind and rulers of his day the same way his father did. And there are times when next things are okay. But for God to birth what He has in His heart, He has to have a people that move beyond Isaac and are willing to break the boundaries of what once governed them. You see, sometimes we need to break beyond, move beyond the boundaries of our forefathers. I didn't say break away from, but move from and move into the new thing that God wants us to move into. Isaac did nothing new in his time. God doesn't want another sequel, guys. This is a catalytic opportunity for the church where God is wanting to project us in a whole new direction. But unfortunately, people and the language, what I hear coming out generally is about next things. What's next? What's next? God doesn't want next. He wants to birth a new thing in the earth. I was talking to the guys this morning about the whole sequel, the five series of First Blood, Rambo, and down to the Last Blood. I was watching Last Blood last night in anticipation that something new was gonna manifest. But all it was, was a different kind of what I'd already seen in First Blood and Rambo 1, 2 and 3, et cetera, et cetera. It was a rerun, just different. God doesn't want reruns anymore. He wants something completely new, something completely different. You see, there are times in the economy of God where He says it's okay for you to do a next thing. It's okay for that next thing to manifest. But there are God Kairos seasons that if we're sensitive enough and willing enough to join ourselves to those seasons, God doesn't wanna do another thing in a different way. He wants to change the game. He wants the game to be played differently and He wants the game to be structured differently. And that's a time that we're in right now. The word or the term new things literally means this, a significant shift that changes the course, the function and the character of something. I'll say that again. What are new things representing to us today? as they did in in, uh, Israel's day. It means a shift, a significant shift, a change of course, a change of function and a change of character. In other words, He wants to change the play. He wants to change the game. The word new there literally means to make new or to make something fresh. And in the root, to to describe really what the prophet is saying is he said, I wanna change the name of you as a people. The example can be in this. After Isaac came Jacob. And Jacob in his nature, in his character, in his thinking, in his identity did not have the capacity to birth the promises that God began in Abraham. Why? Jacob didn't have the capacity, but Israel was yet to be born. And when he wrestled, in the season of God, when He walked in that wrestling, that moment where the seasons were contending for Him. We're in that time right now where there's a wrestling that's going on within the church and God wants to begin to birth something new in us so that the new can be carried by us and manifest through us. The same is true when when God sees Simon Bar-Jonah, He sees a Peter and He wants him to, to transition and be transformed and carry the promise and the office that God had intended him to carry. You see, Simon Bar-Jonah, his identity 
was wrapped up in next things. As Jacob's identity was wrapped up in next things, both were riddled with rejection, identity crisis, but God wanted to transform them as He has us on that journey right now of deep transformation so that He can birth a complete new thing. In fact, the new thing that God wants to birth is a new kind of people that think differently, operate differently and function completely differently. You see, next things only require behaviour modification, but new things require transformation. It's the caterpillar to the butterfly. I believe that we have settled for next things, change the way we dress, get trendy. Nothing wrong with being contemporary. I believe in that. I certainly don't want to dress like I did in the 80s, although it's coming back. You hear what I'm saying? But we can get caught up in new things, doing things a little bit different, but it's the same thing we're doing in a different way. And God wants to begin to upgrade that and bring us to a place where this new thing's birthed through transformation. But we've got to be willing. Speaking with the guys this morning in the first service is that Israel's a perfect example of God's heart demonstrated to them in Exodus chapter 19, where He calls a whole tribe of slaves out of 430 years of slavery and He invites them to come, to join with Him, to become family, to begin to journey with Him as Father. He uses this fathering language and it's a language that's foreign to them. And He says, I want you to be a kingdom of priests under me. I want you to come to me. You see, that's the language of new things spoken into the heart of a slave. But in every slave, there is a son ready to be born. And that's the level of change that God wants to bring. Other ways of looking at it is we're going to continue to wander around in the wilderness in next things, thinking we're out of Egypt and, and everything's okay. You know, I've been saved from rather than saved to. And God is calling us as a people to not make the same mistakes that Israel made. You see, Israel reduced a new thing that God wanted to do to a next thing. They didn't embrace the process and the season of transformation that God had invited them to. Remember, the Word is released and a season comes with it. And they refused to enter into the season and the process of transformation. And I believe the same is true for us today. There are so many fantastic things that are within us, that are before us. But if we settle for next things, the cycle is gonna repeat itself. The cycle is gonna look a little bit different, but the new things that God has in His heart will not be manifest unless we begin to submit our lives in totality to the Lord in that way. So where are we now? Once again, we're in between new things and next things. We're in this overlapping seasonal change right now. We're like the weather patterns that when a, when a warm front meets a cold front, it creates an unsettling, it creates a stormy weather pattern we call a frontal system. Those two weather patterns, those two movements clash and they create a stormy effect. And I believe with all of my heart right now that we're in that place 
where it's not so much the devil, it's not so much principalities and powers, but I believe we're in that space of time right now that what we're witnessing manifest in the earth, the groanings that are happening in the earth right now, the unsettling storms that are manifested out there right now are as a result of one season dying off, yet still trying to via and influence the new season. How do you know when that's taking place? Number one, you start to get unsettled with the status quo. You start to feel like I can't continue to do this that I've been doing. Number two, you become discontented with what once moved you. I want to submit this to you. There are certain songs, there are certain worship, there are certain things that just don't move me like they used to. There are certain messages that people share with me and say, wow, listen to this, and it doesn't move me. It's not that I'm better, it's just that I've outgrown that space. That to me is status quo. And you see, we need to have signs that we are progressively moving forward. Otherwise, we're reproducing the next thing. The third thing is there comes a deep sense there's got to be more. Number one, You get unsettled with the status quo. That's a sign God wants to shift you. Number two, you become discontented with what once moved you. And number three, there's a deep sense that there's more. Now, I believe that 99.9% of people here today can say, I'm walking in those three areas right now. I'm unsettled. And sometimes it's interpreted as rebellion. Sometimes it can be interpreted as as like, you know, just, just calm it down. But in the midst of this environment that's happening in the world right now, God sees something and He's declaring the chapter of the season before us has changed. It's come to an end. It it no longer has the capacity to carry us forward. We've got to transition. We've got to adjust for the new thing to begin to be born. Now I talked about being caught between the new and the next two seasons. An example of that can be found In Matthew uh, chapter 11, verse 12, it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You see, just because we are kingdom orientated doesn't mean that we're not going to experience trials, storms and an unsettling. But the reality is this, and I want to address some of the Pentecostal doctrines that need to be classified as formal ways of operation in prayer, formal ways of governing our lives and come across to a kingdom mindset. And that is this, often where we're warfaring, taking the kingdom by force, screaming at the devil, screaming at circumstances, getting caught up in this type of prayer is a waste of your time when we understand this context has nothing to do with you standing up screaming at the devil or screaming at things that are wrong in the earth. But the manifestation of violence that is manifest against the kingdom in this time is this. From the days that John stood up and started to become a word, a word of behold, the kingdom is here, repent. The moment he opened his mouth, the word draws in the new season of God. It brings a climatic shift and a climatic change into the earth, not just to God's chosen people, but to the entire earth. And all of a sudden they're saying there's this contention. The word violence there is the Greek word beazo and it means overwhelming pressure, overwhelming 
pressure. And what is happening in the earth right now is an unsettling because two seasons are vying for dominance. I hope you hear that, man. Two seasons within you, two seasons within the church, two seasons within the nation called Australia and the nations of the earth. There is an unsettling and it's not the devil. God is working in the midst of it because a new season is coming and it's gonna have its intentions, its ways and it's gonna manifest and it's looking for a people that will be like John the Baptist and say, I'm gonna become this voice. I'm gonna become this word in this time and in this season. Hey! See what comes with the violence when a new season is pushing in, when it's moving in to the, to the current hour is tension. Truth manifests tension. When the word of the Lord, excuse me, comes, it creates a tension within us. And we are creatures of pleasure. Give me a word of comfort. Give me three point messages from a pastoral position that's gonna comfort my soul. But then God is saying right now that we need to become a voice of the Kingdom of God. And that voice is saying right now that we need to begin to adjust to the economy of God's intentions and God's plans. And that Word's gonna unsettle you. That Word's gonna create tension. You see, before truth can manifest, it's gonna create pain. Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is living and it's powerful. We celebrate that. We love the Word of God. It's powerful. It's, it's, it's energising. But here comes the shift for the season. It's called transformation. It's gonna cut you. It's gonna pierce you. It's going to divide joint from marrow. In other words, the nature that's on the inside of you, Simon, Bar-Jonah, I'm intending for Peter to be born. The rock, the new character, the new function, the new man is going to be manifest. You, Jacob, your brother Isaac didn't do what I had in my heart for him to do, but I'm picking you as God's candidate. You're full of rejection and insecurity and you're fearful about all things you've warred and wrestled your whole life. And this last wrestle is gonna shift you. This last challenge that you have, because you're standing right now in a place where your eyes have been opened to say, truly God is here in the midst of my nomadic journey as a pilgrim, don't know where I'm going. I'm governed by, you know, works. I'm governed by this whole lack of, of godly character in me that's, that's just, it's off. And God says, wrestle. And we need to be wrestling right now with truth. We need to be sitting at the table of God and wrestling. And there's a tension in that wrestling. Are we content to come to church on Sunday? Are we content just to do the midweek? Are we content just to be lovely saints? Or are we gonna be the New Testament church that stands up? Because let me tell you, God is not, is not, moving the church to next things. But He's saying for those churches like this church, like the church in the nations of the earth, I wanna do a new thing. But it requires a people that are willing to submit to the season of God. It's gonna cut you. It's gonna hurt you at times. It's gonna unsettle you. That's the Word of the Lord. Friends, I'm not a pastor. But I want to say to you today, we need to know that the Word of the Lord is being released from heaven's heart for us today. I'm not belittling pastors. I'm just telling you right now that right now God is wanting to launch something in the earth. So there are two different movements that we can be part of. And we're going to see a manifestation of people that will default straight back 
to the next things. Changing a few things the way they do it, call it a new thing. But there's a whole new church being born into this kingdom season, being born into this kingdom age that are in this transitional phase right now that is going to move forward and be born and manifest as a new son standing in the earth representing Christ. So what's required of us? Number one, repentance. Repentance, as I said to the guys this morning in the first service, I hope you know that I'm not trying to sound cynical or critical, but I want to call it for what it is. Just running to the altar and screaming your head off is not necessarily repentance. If, if God does a work in you in the altar, thank, thank Him. It's great. But repentance is something we live in. Repentance is part of our character. It's part of who we are. It's not what we scream out on Sunday or at a revival meeting. Repentance is a state of mind. It's a paradigm within us that is sensitive, conditioned after the heart of God, ready to respond to the Word of God, ready to move into all that God wants us to move into. Don't be like Israel. Have these wonderful prophetic words and promises before them, but didn't allow the shift in their interior to take place. And so they remained wandering in the next thing and never came into the new thing. Number two, we need sensitivity. We need to be a people right now that are so sensitive, leaders that are so sensitive to what God is saying that we're aware. We're aware of what the Word of the Lord is. We're aware of the nudgings and the nigglings. We're aware of the inattention, the divine tension that's taking place, the unsettling. We're not interpreting that as the enemy but we're identifying the Spirit of God is unsettling us to move us into a new season. Number three, we need to remain flexible or flexibility. In other words, we're willing to adjust to the seasons of God. I want to submit this thought to you. Around about seven to 10 years, every single one of you will go through what I call this kind of God seasonal shift. Now, during that that 10-year phase for you as an individual, you'll move to next things, you'll move to next things, and you'll go through these changes. A season is made up of endings, transitions and new beginnings. But understand this, there comes a God-appointed time, a Kairos moment for us as individuals, mums, dads, lawyers, doctors, whoever we are, bricklayers, and as a corporate body where God says, this is not going to be a next thing, this is a new thing. And it requires Simon to die, Jacob to die, Abram to die, for Abraham to manifest, Israel to manifest and for Peter to manifest. It's a level of transformation that he's ushering us into so that we can be carriers of the new and manifest the new. Finally, as we close this morning, we've got to remain focused on the objective. What's the objective? New things, not next things. So we've got to balance out our leadership. We've got to balance out our decisions as mums, dads, wherever we are, whatever spheres of responsibility we have, am I carrying a heartbeat towards new things? Am I focused on the objective of the Kingdom of God moving a people to a new thing? God wants to do it. He's done it before. He's good at it if we are willing to submit. God's calling Samuel to stand up in the midst of an old order. God's calling Samuel to stand up and to hear his voice. And Eli, Eli was the dominant 
leadership and culture of, of Samuel's day. But see, God went right now, He went outside of the whole order of the priesthood of that day. He took a boy that was not from the lineage of priesthood and He took a young boy and He mantled him from around about eight years of age and raised him in former things. While the whole intention of God was that He would carry an order that would birth kings and not judges. That's the extremity of the change that God wants to bring. And three times the Word, the Word came to Samuel. And I wanna tell you, God is patient, but there comes a point in the economy of God's calendar where we've got to yield our hearts. And I think it's 1 Samuel 3.10, finally, after several attempts of the Word coming to find a place it could pierce, penetrate and become part of so that the new season could be carried. He said, here is your servant, I hear. The word hear there is the Hebrew word shama. And the word shama means to hear with the intention of obeying. To hear with the attention, attention of obeying. That one moment, he stopped running back to the former things. He stopped running back to Eli. He didn't go back to Eli because he thought Eli was calling out for me. His ears were so conditioned to formal things. He was caught in the next thing. And God says, behold, this is what I'm about to do. His first prophecy was pretty hectic, pretty full on. But he said, I want to do this in your time in this nation through you. And he became a prophet that made way for a whole new kingdom of kings to come into the earth. Friends, we're living in a time, we're privileged to live in a time right now that some of us might not see the full, the fullness of new things manifest. It doesn't happen in a month. But I wanna say to you, in the cycle of God's economy, things have ended, we've entered a transition and God has us set on new things. It's a new time. For us to begin to embrace that, we need to adjust with a heart of repentance towards Him and respond accordingly. I've spoken today a portion, a fragment of the vastness of what God is saying to us, identifying with us in the context of what we're going through right now. But stop for a minute and go back. Some of God's most significant words, life-changing paradigm shifts didn't come when they were standing on the mountaintop, but when they were in suffering, oppression, disorientation, confusion. And His Word came at that point because He wants to show the power of Him at work in you. It's not going to be your works that manifest this new season, but it's going to be the work of God displayed through a people like Jacob that He has a destiny for you to become an Israel. We just need to say I'm putting my hand up today to a journey that I don't fully comprehend, I don't fully understand, but I can't do status quo anymore. I can't, I can't dance to the same song. I can't jump to the same beat I have. And it's God, not the devil, that's stirring it within. I tell you, right across this nation, there are people, there are leaders that are unsettled right now. And the voice of God is coming, Samuel. Samuel. 
This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.